You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. Kate Campbell, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. It is wonderful to be back, Owen. A very special episode today. We are joined by Mini Pizza, Monique. How you going? Hello. Welcome to the show. We are doing a very special series today, Kate. Yes, we have decided to put together an ETF investing mini-series because many of our listeners have friends and family or they themselves want to invest in ETFs, which are a great tool when people are getting started investing. So we thought we'd put a five-part series. So there's going to be one episode every day this week all about ETF investing. We're going to explain what ETFs are. So if you're wondering WTF right now and you just have no idea what I'm talking about, we're going to explain what ETFs are, how you invest in them, how you research them, how do you actually choose and overcome decision paralysis and make a choice and start investing and what brokerage accounts you need for ETF investing, all that and more. So you tune in every day this week. We'll be going through everything you need to know about ETF investing. Monique is going to be asking us all the hard questions that all the questions you'll be having on your mind because sometimes Owen and I have been investing in ETS for quite a while now, so sometimes we forget some of those beginner questions. So we've enlisted Monique's help today. Monique, you do have one ETF though, right? I do have one. It's the IOZ. IOZ. Yep. Yes. And that's all I know. Friend of the show, the IOZ ETF. So it keeps getting brought up. Um, so Kate, we're going to keep these episodes short and punchy. Monique's going to ask some questions, and if you are watching, it's you probably have a slightly better experience in this series because we are going to use some props. If you're listening, that's cool too. We will walk you through those um, examples and analogies. Um, we're here in the studio filming. So jump onto the YouTube channel, Rask, and uh, subscribe while you're there if yes. you want a better experience. And we'll also have a free Google Doc, which is an ETF investing checklist that we'll get through um, later in this week that you can download with also an ETF research activity as well. So jump in the show notes, everything we mention and plenty more resources because we have talked about ETFs a lot and we've got a free course and we've got a membership. So we've got heaps of resources there 
Um, so jump into the show notes. Um, we would recommend listening to this series in order if you are new to ETFs. If you're one of our listeners that have been around for a while now, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might want to just jump to whatever's relevant to you, but it might be a good starting point for a discussion with your friends and family who are new to ETF investing, but you're keen to get them involved. Yes. As many regular loyal listeners will know, you will know, we uh, champion ETF investing, and there are many reasons for that, which we'll cover throughout the series. Um, even if you have invested in some ETFs, we actually all have, even though Monique's uh, playing the role of a beginner, she has invested in one, Yes, which is great. Uh, so, you know, you can take this whether you're absolutely brand new, which is fantastic, or if you are experienced, we will cover some of the popular ETFs, so chances are you will own them, and we'll get to more advanced types of things towards the end, which are like, how do you put them together? So, Kate, um, where do we start? Yeah. So I think the first thing before we jump into why we like ETFs and some examples of different types of ETFs, we really need to start with what on earth are ETFs? Yeah. So. What is an ETF? Yeah. Sounds like a planted (laughs) question. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, We definitely didn't prepare this one earlier, but (laughs) ETFs. So just breaking down those three letters for the acronym, an exchange traded fund. So what's an exchange? An exchange is a place where you can buy and sell different investments. For example, companies that you might have heard of in Australia, like Telstra and BHP. Um, I always go to those two examples, but there's plenty of other listed companies in Australia. So you've heard of some of those businesses. You've seen a Telstra yep. store. You've Definitely probably, seen Telstra. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And plenty of other businesses you've come across, like you've gone to Coles. Coles yep. is a listed company. So you can actually own part of that business right. and you don't have to have anything to do with Coles. You can actually buy shares in the business. Sure. Yeah. So an exchange is a way to buy and sell companies. So a company like Coles is listed on the Australian Stock Exchange, which we call the ASX for short. Nice. Okay. The traded part is that you can buy and sell it. You, I can own coal shares, you can own coal shares, and we can go back and forth as well. Yeah. Um, you can buy, you can sell. There's a way to exchange value, shares for money, um, and in this case, exchange-traded funds. And then the third part, it's a fund. So it isn't just one company. It's a basket of companies. So we're right. going to get to our analogy that we have prepared earlier. Yep. Um, but essentially, a fund has multiple different companies in it or other types of investments, but we'll stick with companies today. Nice. Yeah, that yep. makes sense. So, so what's our analogy? All right. So what we pre-prepared earlier is to explain how you can buy companies and you can also buy exchange-traded funds and why we actually like talking about exchange-traded funds a lot. I'm going to use a box of favourites. Mm-hmm. So most Australians would be super familiar with favourites. I'm sure you are. Yes, yes, of course. It's a thing you just take it to a party. And yeah. if you don't have a present for someone, buy a box of favourites. And why do we like it? There's something for everyone in there. Yep. There's, There's flake. Yeah, we all have different preferences. Crunchy. What's yours? Crunchy. Love a crunchy. Cherry yeah. ripe for me. I mean, I, I sometimes like the boost, the picnics. Like yeah. This. Everyone was ripping on the, um, to- the Turkish delight. I actually... Don't mind it. They're not that bad. They're not that bad. At all. Yeah. Okay. So, so box of favourites. Box gotcha. of favourites. So let's say, for example, there's going to be some rustling here. We've got different types of Crunchy. chocolates in here. So we've got Picnic could be Coles, Kate. And then we've got Crunchy. What would that be? Like CBA? CBA. Morrow could be BHP. Yep. Insert any Australian business here that's listed on a stock exchange. Mm-hmm. So you can buy individual shares in these businesses. So you could buy one of these. You buy yep. Morrow. 
yeah, you could buy a crunchy, you could buy a picnic, you could buy a moro. But that is, then you have to figure out which one you want to buy. There's so many different chocolates that you could buy mm-hmm. and you're not really sure which is the right one, especially as a beginner investor. It can be really hard to make that choice. Yep. Yeah. So you're going, hmm. Kate, I kind of want something a little bit easier because I want to invest. I want to invest in great Australian businesses that are growing, but I don't really know if I want the crunchy or the picnic or the morrow. Like, I don't really know what's the best one. Yeah. And especially because there's multiple, like, there's different variations of crunchy. Yeah. Like, different variations of banks in Australia. So, you know, maybe you want to invest in banks, but you don't know which one. Yeah. So, a great product in Australia and globally is called the Exchange Traded Fund, which we briefly explained. But it means that instead of having to decide to buy the picnic or the crunchy or the morrow, you can buy the box that has all the chocolates uh-huh. in one. So you're getting exposure, you're getting access to all the different top 200 Australian companies in one box. And right. you can have different types of boxes. Like this is a favourites box, but you could have a box of roses, chocolates. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So there's all different ones. Yeah. But the idea is that they're boxed together. So you don't have yeah. to pick one. So you don't really have a choice. Does that mean you don't have a choice of what goes in the boxes? Yeah. So you can pick which box. You might want the top 200 Australian companies. You might want the top 20 Australian companies. You might want the top 500 US companies. You might want, we'll talk about later in this series, the Matic ETFs, which might be just robotic companies. So it might just be different variations of uh, lint chocolate or something like that. So you can buy different boxes, but in essence, you don't get to pick, you don't get to customize the middle. Mm-hmm. You just can get to pick a different box. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And so the the question, I guess, is like, why would you choose the box then? Yeah. And the, the box is because you get a bit of everything. You don't have to worry about whether someone likes a crunchy or a cherry ripe or a flake. You just get it all. Yep. So, like, what's the main difference between, like, getting an ETF or just, like, the one stock? The big difference is you you can get it wrong when you pick. So, imagine you're picking something for someone else. And, like I said to you before, everyone kind of in the office hated on uh, Turkish Delight. Yeah. I like like Turkish Delight. So, there's a chance that you get it wrong. Mm. Okay. So, by buying a box, you get some that you like, but you also get some that you might not like as much, but, hey, at least you got them. So, it's just more of a variation. Yeah. And it's safer. Okay. So because there's so many of them, all you need to know is someone likes chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. the risk that you buy the crunchy and crunchy doesn't perform very well that year or has some bad products or has some bad managers, there's so many different risks involved with investing, especially because they're businesses and there's lots of different variables. So if for you to put all of your money just in the crunchy as a new investor and even an experienced investor is very high risk. So you can spread your risk by instead of just buying crunchies, you buy the box of favorites and you get access to lots of different companies. Okay. Yeah, so this is what we call diversification, Monique. Okay. So, again, you know that you want chocolates, you just don't know which one. Yeah. So, what you do is you buy them all and then at least you know some of them in there are going to do really well. Right. And on the stock market, it's shown that only a few companies do really well. Mm-hmm. So if you just tr- so imagine if there's 200 in the top 200 in Australia, if you tried to pick say the 10 that do really well, it means you've got a 10 out of 200 chance. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that means there's like if uh, 10 out of 200, but then there's the other 190 that could go wrong. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So by buying the basket, you basically guarantee that you get some good ones. Mm-hmm. You get some okay ones, and then you might get a few bad ones, but the really good ones. Yeah. 
they outweigh the, the okay, bad ones. Okay, cool. Yeah, it seems like a much safer way to do it when you're just beginning, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even professionals can use this because if you're a professional investor, like let's say you go see a financial advisor, right? Mm-hmm. And they hand you a box of favorites. Yeah. You're probably going to be like, oh, okay, a box of favorites. I don't like Turkish Delight, but hey, I've got the box, right? But if they hand you just Turkish Delight, you're going to be like, well, you got that wrong. Yeah, okay. Right? So yeah. it's safer for the person that's also investing for you if you go and see a financial advisor right? for them just to hand in the box. That's why when you go to a party, you take favorites. You don't just take Turkish Delights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? That's why this thing was invented. So yeah. that's that's the point too. Like if you're giving it to someone else, it, it's easier. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So and everyone wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone wins. And yeah. you can get it wrong, as we'll talk about. But for the most part, it's kind of like a the 80-20 rule, right? Yeah, right. Where you get like, you put in 20% of the effort, you get 80% of the reward. It's not, it might not be perfect for everyone, but for most people, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you've probably heard of the phrase, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Of course. Yeah. That kind of applies to this. It's yeah. diversification, but it's pre-done for you. So you're getting exposure to lots of different businesses. Nice. And you can buy different boxes to get ex- um, exposure to different types mm. of assets. So in Australia, you can you can buy your favourites to get access to the top 200 businesses. But you, as an investor, you can also buy a different type of box that gives you access to the top 500 US companies. So nice. you're investing in heaps of different businesses through only a couple of purchases of ETFs. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, if, yeah, if you wanted Hershey's, there yeah. could be a box for Hershey's if yeah. you're investing in the, the US. Or if you wanted to completely change it and you wanted to invest in something different, you could also do that too. So, there, there are ETFs out there that do things that aren't shares. So, this would be an example of something that's not chocolate. Okay. So, it might be like fruit. Yeah. Right? Totally. Yeah. Like something totally different. Yeah. And you can basically bundle up most things and put them inside one of these things. Okay, cool. Yeah. Is there a limit to how many like ETFs you can have? There's only 230 in Australia at the time of recording. Okay. But so you, because if you think about it, if you imagine you're going to like a dinner party or you're going to a friend's place and you want to cover all bases, you probably wouldn't buy five different variations of chocolates. You'd probably just buy one. So this is what we talk about when we talk about overlap. We want to make sure that, um, we're not just buying the same thing again and again and again. Yeah, that'd be kind of pointless. Yeah, so if you rocked up and you've got favourites, but then you've got, what's the other ones, like lint and roses? Yeah, celebrations. Celebrations. Yep. You wouldn't buy all the same thing. You'd probably go and buy something different, like chips. Yeah, right. Or something like that. Yeah. Right? So um, in terms of how many do you need, well, you just need enough to cover basically all the bases, which okay. we'll get to. So I think we should talk about some of the reasons that we like ETFs as investors, and we think they're a great starting point for new mm. and experienced investors. So ask questions if we um, cover something too quickly. All right. Okay. So reason number one, Kate? Reason number one is that they work. And ETFs have been around for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Was this like 20, over 20 years? Over 20 years, yeah. Over 20 years. And they're a great way for investors to easily invest in lots of different companies without having to make too many individual decisions, and it's very easy to buy and sell them, which we'll get to later in this series. And not all the ETFs are the same. Sometimes there's a box that does some quite weird things inside of it. Okay. Um, so there's not always, not every ETF is a good ETF for the long term. So I think it's good to keep in your head. We're going to mention a lot of maybe core ETFs that are more staple ETFs that you might have as part of your normal balanced diet. Right. But- there's some things maybe like ice cream that you could use from time to time, but you don't want all the time okay. that we'll, we'll also talk about. Nice. And we tend to call them thematic ETFs. Okay. Because they're like one theme. So yep. it might be like 
Yeah, like, like thematic means theme. That makes sense. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. So that, that's the first reason is they work. Like they've been around for a long time now, and they've kind of proven that they can do it. Yeah. And Kate touched on the second thing, which would be that they're they're pretty simple. So okay. that you can just buy the box. Right? Cool. Yeah. You need a brokerage account, which we'll get to, but you can just buy the box. Yeah. So it's simpler than just trying to pick what kind of chocolates people like. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Kate, what else? The second reason is that they're really transparent. So when you buy that box of favorites. On the back, you know exactly what is in it. You know mm-hmm. what all the different companies that you're getting in your ETF are. And that's the case with all ETFs. So before you buy them, you can go to the ETF uh, creator's website and they will tell you exactly what is in that ETF. So you, it's not a guessing game here. It's this is what is inside the box. Do I want that? Yes or no. So you can easily make that decision. Do you know like how much of each company is in that box? Yeah, they tell you that too. So yeah. you can have a look mm-hmm. and go, oh, this box has 10% invested in BHP. Do I want that? Do I not? Yeah. You, so you can make that decision. Yeah. Yeah. And that's typically the way they work. Is okay. they, um, the big, it's not always the case, but typically the bigger and more popular companies mm-hmm. make up a bigger part of the box. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And again, like you don't really have a choice as to how much of that company goes in that basket. It's just, that's the way it is. You can shop around. So yeah. you can look at, you can compare ETFs, which is something that we'll talk about, but you can compare ETFs to see which ones don't have as much of that thing. Okay. So you could mm-hmm. be like, this one has too much BHP. Okay. So what's a different one that might do something slightly might have BHP, but not as much. Yeah. And there'll be different ones, but you can't control what goes in there. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. So if you want the box of favorites, you can't customize the favorites, but you could look for a different box that suits your needs. Yeah. And that might have slightly different content. Totally. Yeah. Just like instead of getting your favorites, you get box of roses. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and you could, like, you could just go to the shelf and pick all the things that are inside the ETF. So you'd be like going to the supermarket. And again, you could buy Crunchy, you could buy Turkish Delight. Like they have, they sell them separately, right? Okay, cool. That's yeah. the share. Yeah. You could go and do that. But the thing is, ETFs can put together sometimes 200 at once. Okay. So you're not going to go to the supermarket and buy 200 yeah. different chocolates just to try and get the right balance. Yeah. You'd rather just get the box yeah. and then tinker around the outside. And that's probably another point which we'll bring up, which is that ETFs can be used with other things. So it's okay. not all or nothing. Yeah, right. So if you go to a dinner party, you might take favorites and a bottle of wine. Yeah. You know, you're not going to just... It's all or nothing. Like, yep. I only bring chocolates. This is all <laughs> I do. Um, I mean, you might be one of those people, which is cool. But um, you can add things. To totally. Your, okay, to that makes taking. sense. Yeah. yeah. So as long as if you can only get ETFs, you can also mix it. Yeah. Like, some people tend to get pretty, I guess, like, some people only drink red wine. Some people only drink white wine. But for most people, there's a little bit of everything. It's fine. Yeah. And so that's what we would encourage anyway. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Another reason we like them is they're quite low cost in terms of management fees. And the manager is the person who creates and looks after the ETF. Okay. So the person who assembles the box of favorites and decides what goes in that box of favorites. Is this a physical person? Yeah, there's a team of people, but they they use a lot of technology to make it really low cost because they're not actively, in most cases, they're not actively deciding on every day, oh, we're going to take Crunchy out today. We're going to put more Mars bars in. Right. It's based off an index and that is usually done on a monthly basis and this index tells them okay these companies are in this month these companies are out based off predetermined rules okay cool that makes sense yeah just be like so a lot of people when they hear the word fund manager yeah as in fund um they think that there's like one person that is like the manager like that's a, kind of what like I a picture. manager at like a supermarket <laughs> yeah right? um that's not necessarily the case so most of the time almost in all cases now the fund manager actually refers to the company. 
Okay. And inside that company, you might have an individual person that makes choices, but they're typically part of a team. Okay. Yeah. And so that's typically what happens. In an ETF, it's a little bit different to other types of funds. Yep. Because in an ETF, like Kate said, there are normally rules. Mm -hmm. So, and those rules are very transparent, as we just mentioned. Mm. Like these things are inside this thing. Right. Whereas you can get variations, which we won't go into now, where there's an actual person saying, I like Turkish delight. So, they're going to be this much. Okay. And I, but when, for the purposes of an ETF, it's pretty straightforward. They like tell you what's in there. All right, cool. Yeah, that seems much more simple. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you went to the favorites website and they might go, we're going to have the top 200 chocolates in our fund yeah and anything that's outside of that we're not going to invest in and so they're not making any active decisions here they're just following a really simple rule that they've set out in advance that you can have a look at before you choose to invest in that box cool and in australia some of the names that we'll start mentioning throughout this series that are good to get familiar with of different people that create etfs in australia are vanguard Mm -hmm. which is one of the biggest etf providers Mm -hmm. in australia and globally uh, there's BetaShares, there's Vanek, there's iShares, there's ETF Securities. They're the main five. Yeah, um, Van, yeah, Vanek you mentioned, um, State Street. State Street. Yeah, so BlackRock. So there's a few big names that you might come across and any of those things that we just mentioned, GlobalX. Um, those are names of companies that have got a very long track record. Of okay, cool. There are others, but those are the ones that are like yeah. the primary ones. Um, and the thing is, just just one thing to touch there on fees is real quick, is to just give you an example of how the fees work and yep. um, how much they are. So for an ETF, most core ETFs, like the ones that you take everywhere you go, so mm-hmm. they're like the, we'll get to what they mean in a sec, but um, those would be costing you less than 0.5% per year. Okay. So to put it in context, in say 10 or 20 years ago, for someone to actually pick which chocolates go in your basket, they might charge you 2%. Right. Now, that might not seem like a big difference, 2% versus 0.5. Yeah. But it's like four times the difference. Yeah. And how are they paid? So you don't actually pay fees. You don't write a check to someone. You don't direct deposit. It automatically comes out a little bit, a little tiny bit every single day. Yeah, okay. So it's kind of like it just happens in the background, is yeah, that right? It just happens in the background. So you That's don't why really they want have it. to actively think about it, it just yeah, happens. No, just they happens. do yeah. not send you a bill. Yeah, yeah cool. <laughs> yeah, it's deductible. So when you see the price of something, so say like in, in favorites, when you go to the IGA and you get a box of favorites and it says those ones cost me seven dollars actually. So it says seven dollars, right? Yeah. And then tomorrow it might be seven dollars and ten cents. Okay. Between going from seven to seven dollars and ten cents, there was a tiny, tiny, tiny little fee taken out. But yeah. you don't even notice. It okay. just you it just, just happens. pay whatever it is on that day. Yeah, right. So when you see it in your account and it goes up and down, it goes up and down, it's already taken care of. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I like not worrying about things. Yeah. You can just <laughs> buy it and hold it. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Which is great when they're low cost. Yeah. yeah. Um, we do talk about the importance of checking your fees, especially when it comes to your super fund. But for most of the ETFs we're going to discuss throughout this series, mm. uh, they're fairly low cost ones. Is there any point where you should actually actively think about the fees and like look at it properly or can you kind of just always forget about it? No, you do. So if we think about 0.5%, I think that's a good mm. benchmark. So 0.5%, if something if something is charging more than that, yeah. then maybe it's starting to get a bit high. Okay. Yeah. And so that's the first thing. But I just want to maybe mention one other thing. So the question that we get is like, if you see a box of favorites and they're like $7 yeah. or you see 
I don't know, like a box of celebrations and they're $10. Yeah. Right? The actual price that what you see doesn't actually matter that much. Okay. So what actually matters is what's inside of it. Yeah. So they can have different, like one can, we, we looked at some the other day, some ETFs, and some of them were $100 a share. Mm-hmm. And all they did was invest in Australian shares. Yeah. And some of them were $20. I yeah. think your one, the IOZ one, is Yeah, lower. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't really matter. Yeah. So when you look at prices, it doesn't really matter. Okay. What we're looking at is actually the fees that are charged. That's probably sure. more important. Okay. That makes sense. Just keep in mind that some ETFs, when you see them, like in, in your account, it will say like $500 or $300. And so the only really th- important thing you've got to think about is, do I have $500 to invest? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so if, you had, if you had $500, you might only get one of that one. Okay. Whereas one that's, say, $250, you might get two of that one. Right. So far, so good? Yeah, got it. Yeah, too many numbers? Or? <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, okay, cool. So it doesn't really matter what it is. It's just matter how much you invest and the fee that you pay. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. no, that totally makes sense. Um, when you get started with ETF investing, it does seem like, oh, it's a bit too good to be true. You only have to invest in a couple of things and bam, you're an investor. And It does you don't seem have to very do... easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it is good to know that investing doesn't have to be hard. That's probably the first thing I want to point out, that we've got this um, misconception um, that has stayed around. It, it used to be a lot harder, like 30, 40 years ago, because you'd have to ring a certain person and right. decide if you want the crunchy and all of that stuff before ETFs existed. But now it's kind of a legacy thing that stayed around that investing's hard, investing's only for wealthy people, investing's only for people who have done finance degrees or worked in the industry. But the great thing about exchange-traded funds is it breaks down investing for everybody. Mm-hmm. So you and I regardless of our levels of financial yep. knowledge, we can it's very different. Both, <laughs> we can both buy the same ETF. And I own an ASX 200 ETF that invests in the top 200 Australian companies. And you also own this Australian top 200 ETF. And yep. so do you. But we all own different oh, yeah. ones. Okay. Yep. So we even like, regardless of our experience level, we all own the top 200 Australian companies. We just used a different box. So you've got the favourites, I've got the roses, you've got the celebrations. Mm-hmm. It, we all have access to the top 200 Australian companies. We've just chosen a slightly different way to get that access. Yep. And so there are other things to keep in mind too. Like, Even though you buy a box, the price of chocolate can go up and down. Yeah. So, you, you know, when you buy a share like BHP, which might be a Crunchy or a Turkish Delight, if you buy just one of them, you watch that rise and fall. Mm-hmm. Same with an ETF. Like if you, just because you have two hundred doesn't mean it can't fall. Yeah. Like if you see um, like the ASX two hundred on the news, or like yep. someone says like the Dow Jones fell. Yep. On the news, there's an ETF that track those things. So okay. The Dow Jones is just one of those boxes, basically. Yeah. Okay, and that's the US box, mm-hmm. and then the ASX two hundred is the Australian box. Yep, that makes yeah. sense. It's yep. like if if the value of the chocolates inside the box of favorites falls, then the value of the box falls as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But also vice versa. So if the companies inside the box are going up in value, then the box, the ETF, goes up in value. Okay. Yeah. If yeah. that makes sense. That does make yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. So what we're banking on over the long term is that the price of them go up. Totally. And they typically do. So yeah. they typically go up faster than basically anything. So oh, cool. um, like when we say anything, like there might be individual chocolates that do better yep. than the overall thing, but as a whole, the chocolates tend to be a good investment. Okay. 
Yeah. And is that because there's more of a variety? Yes. So, for example, like Apple, right? Yeah. Apple is the biggest company in the world right now. When you buy an ETF that tracks the US stock market, Apple's going to be the biggest part of that box. Okay. Right. Um, but 10 years ago, it wasn't the biggest. Yeah. So, what's happened is Apple's got bigger. So, if you bought in 10 years ago, you have the Apple of 10 years ago and now it's grown up. Yeah. And so, now you've got a bigger box. Yeah, right. So, the value of your box has so got gone up. higher. Yeah. yeah. And so, what we're basically betting on is like human innovation and things getting better. Right. So we're basically saying the world is going to get better. Therefore, I want to invest in the stock market. Right. And so that's basically why they go up. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And they can also go down. They can also go down. Yeah, Yeah. that's an important thing to be aware of as a new investor that there's other risks when it comes to investing. And so that is why we talk a lot on the show about not investing your emergency fund, that three to six months of living expenses you want um, in a pinch, or you don't want to be investing your house deposit because we want to be thinking about investing in these boxes of ETFs for a long time. So I'm talking five, 10, 20 years. Right. So long-term goals when we come to investing because we want to be able to ride out the waves of the the market because totally. companies aren't going to do well all the time. Yeah. yeah. So whereas the savings account might go straight up, yep. like over time you get like 3% every year and it's like just keeps going up. Yeah. You can expect that one in every five years, your basket will fall. Okay. Yeah. So, so like what's, what's probably like the minimum amount of years you should keep your ETFs? Most of them, we'll, we'll get to differences in a little while, but most of them you should be aiming for five years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kate, I feel like when... Given just a, in the interest of time, because we've got so much to cover in the other sessions, yep. maybe we should just talk about the key things that people should look for mm-hmm. when they're investing in ETFs. And we'll try and be brief, Minik, but if you do um, want to pull us up, please just right. jump in. Okay, so we're going to cover a, a handful of things and then uh, we'll get into the different types of ETFs and some examples. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So cool. if you're looking at ETFs, the very first thing you want to have a look at is what are, what is the point of this ETF? Why does it exist? And in this case, like, why would I want to have this in my portfolio? So there's a lot of ETFs that exist that I don't actually want to have as part of my portfolio because they might just be investing in uh, one particular sector or one particular theme. And that's not part of my investment plan. So the first thing you want to know is what is the ETF? Why does it exist? Does it have a place in my portfolio? Or is it just something that exists, but it's not for me? Hmm. The second thing would be uh, the, the company that runs it. We call this the ETF issuer. So this would be like Cadbury's in the case of favorites. Mm-hmm. So we, we look into them and we go, as we said, there are a handful. There's like Vanguard, BlackRock, um, you know, iShares. There's a lot of names that you probably come across um, as you go through your investing. Uh, and you basically just want to know that it's a legitimate business, which they are. Yeah. Um, so you don't need to worry about that too much. But we just want to know where does it come from? And then we can go onto their website and check out the what's inside it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Number three, Kate, would be size. Yeah. So you want to know how big the ETF is. So when you um, buy the ETF, knowing the total value of the companies inside that ETF, because a company ETFs typically low cost, they're charging fees as a percentage of the total size of that ETF, of the amount other people have invested in it. So you want to make sure it's sustainable for the company to run this ETF because the company, like Cadbury's, they've got to pay staff, they've got to pay software, they've got to pay licensing fees, they've got to keep the lights on. So we we often look at ETFs that are over $100 million invested by different yeah. people in it. Yeah, so this would be like someone when you go to the supermarket and you get your favourites. 
we're not tracking the price of the favorites here. We're tracking how many times have they been bought. Okay. How many times, how much have people bought a favorites every day or every month? And over time, how much is in it? So okay. how much have people bought it and kept their money inside that thing? Yeah. And so how do you know that? You can just go to the ETF provider's website. And there'll be a thing called FUM, stands for funds under management, meaning under management, how much is inside it being managed. Right. Uh, another way it's sometimes written is uh, market cap. That's market capitalization. Yep. Bit of jargon. But what it just, it's exactly the same thing. It just means the size of the ETF. Okay. So when you go to an ETF provider's website, you basically just want to make sure, like we said, 100 million is a good rule, rule of thumb. Just want to make sure there's at least a hundred million dollars inside of it. Okay, cool. Because that means there's a lower chance that they'll just be like, "To hell with this! It's not successful. We'll get rid of it." Yeah. It doesn't. If an ETF closes, which is probably another good question to ask, it's not the end of the world. They'll yeah. send you a letter, or they'll make an announcement in your brokerage account to say, "Hey, we're going to close this ETF in the next thirty days." You can either sell now, just like go and sell it. Yep. Or we'll send you the money back once it's closed, and you will see a credit in your account. Okay. And yeah. that kind of, does it happen automatically? Yeah, like that would happen. Say yeah. what you want. Yeah, but you'd probably be better off just selling it just so it's done. Okay, cool. Yeah, and yeah. moving on. Yeah. Number four would be the fees and costs. Yes. So you want to know who's making money and how much they're making. So you, when you work out, okay, um, Vanguard have created this ETF that I like. I'm going to their website and I want to find out what the annual fees are and how much they're going to take out of my ETF for the the privilege of letting them run it. So right. um, that's when we came back to before, we're looking for under 0.5% there. Yeah. So this is, so you will have to pay a fee, Monique, just so you know, when you go to the, the the register to get these things, you will have to pay someone. You can't just go, it's not like you can just go into the supermarket and buy a box of favorites. You have to pay someone to go in and get it for you. Okay. That's called a broker. And yep. we'll get to that in another session. But um, you typically pay like 5 or $10 for that okay. to buy it. Yep. Um, that doesn't go to Vanguard or Cadbury's. That goes to the supermarket in this case. Right. So um, that's a different, we'll get to that in a little while, but that's a different fee. Yep. Um, and we'll talk about that. The, the fifth thing though, which I'll just mention quickly is like the performance of the ETF. A lot of people, when they buy, say like a box of chocolates, yep. they'll look at what everyone else has been doing recently and they'll just go and buy that thing. Yep. Okay. So that's in finance, that can be a bad thing. Okay. So what we want to look at is not just who's bought it recently, but how well has that box done, that ETF done, over five years? Okay. So a long period of time. Not just like the last little fad that has come in and someone's just gone and created this box and everyone's buying it all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, we're looking at the things that have been around a long time mm -hmm. and we can see that they've been tested. Right. Yeah. So they're not just like the new hot thing. That's where a lot of people lose money in ETFs. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And how do you find that? You just look at the website. Uh, and in on the ETF page, every ETF will have its own page on a mm -hmm. provider's website like Vanguard. And you can scroll down and it says performance. Yep. And there'll be a table that will show you like one month, a year, five years, 10 okay. years, right? Yeah. You want to at least look at the five-year number. This would be like if you choose a super fund. Yep. Don't just look at the one that did well last year. Yep. Look at the one that's done well over a long period of time. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because they could have done well last year just because it was something silly yeah and that's mm. what we see is like the ones that do really well one year typically do bad the next year okay so we want to smooth that out yeah and you can also look for start date or inception date is a word they often use yep. to find out when did the etf originally get created and how long has it been going for because that's a good indicator as well that it's been around for a long time and it's hopefully going to be around for a long time to 
again. Yeah, yeah, cool. So all the ETFs that we recommend have been around for at least three years. Right. So it's not that you can't invest in those. It's just that we don't need to. Yep. Because there's already ETFs out there that are really good and they've been around for a long time and they've yep. proven themselves. Would you kind of um, want to wait? So if a new one is made, would you want to wait a couple of years before you yeah, buy it? I would. Personally, I would because a lot of the studies show that a lot of the new ones that come out are like marketing heavy. So they're like, look okay. at this new chocolate, look at this new box that we've created. Mm. Yeah. But then it kind of, it's a fad and it just passes. Okay, yeah. So you want to find the ones that are like like tried and tested. Like everyone knows what a flake is. Everyone knows yeah. what a picnic is. The more established ones. Yeah, th- they work. Yeah. You know, they're good. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I always find there's a lot of dreams left in the favorites box when I'm done with I it. I don't even know what a dream is. <laughs> yeah, it's a white chocolate, I think. Um, but yeah, so we want to find the ETFs that are established and have a long track record. They're not just the things that are like, hey, check out this new thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Number six, Kate, would be portfolio allocation. Yeah. So that's, um, we'll talk about it in some other episodes, but also understanding how that ETF is going to fit into your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Because um, if you are quite worried about investing and you're brand new to it and you um, are, do not really want to see your money fall in value, then you wouldn't put 100% of your money just in the top 200 Australian companies because that's seen as quite a high-risk style of investing. Yeah. So you would do, mm-hmm. similar to what your super fund does, it doesn't put all of your money into one single company or just Australian shares or just gold or something like that. It diversifies. So that's thinking about how does this ETF fit in my overall portfolio? So I might have 20% of my money in this box of favourites, giving me exposure to the top 200 Australian companies. I might put 20% in cash. I might put 20% here. So thinking about the ETF's overall role in your portfolio, and we'll we'll cover that a bit more in some of the other episodes. Yeah. Okay. One final thing is um, just to be aware of what we call those thematic ETFs. Yeah. Um, the trending ones. The trend. So these okay. are different. So this would be like, again, we will use an analogy in the next session, but... Uh, it'd be like if you only wanted dairy milk or you only wanted crunchy or Turkish delight. Okay. So you can box them together. Yeah. Like variations of Turkish delight or variations of whatever. You can, there's a box for everything basically. Um, and what like, I, like when you go to the supermarket and there's blocks of Cadbury's chocolate and they've got limited time editions where they've got mint or like. Oh, yeah. We'll put yeah. Oreo in them. The marvelous and, creations. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So <laughs> they're trending and they're similar companies so it's like Cadbury's blocks of chocolate but just slightly different themes of that yeah different flavors and that's just be they're they're, they're okay but they're just different like they play a different role in Kate's example about portfolios Mm -hmm. you don't have all of like your portfolio in those weird ones yeah yeah you you generally have like your your favorites in the center and that's like you take that to every party but then it's only on occasion you try the other ones right yeah okay so let's just quickly dive into the different types of etfs we've talked about you know we've used analogies here just to give you a flavor um we'll give you like an example of the different types of things that you could do with an etf okay yeah so we'll we'll leave the chocolates behind for a moment and mention some real life examples so given that you can buy lots of different types of ETFs and there's some different ways you can use them. So one of the the main types is investing in shares. So Mm -hmm. pieces of a company. Yep. So ETFs that invest in the top 200 Australian companies or the top 500 US companies. So instead of going, do I want Apple? Do I want Disney? Do I want Tesla? You can buy an ETF that gives you exposure to the top 500 US companies in one trade. 
Mm. So, for example, to get a exposure to the top 200 Australian companies, you could use an ETF. And we're going to say uh, these are ticker codes. So these are what you would search in your brokerage account, which we'll, we'll jump into in the, the final episode. Yep. But that's how you buy the ETFs. Okay. Um, so you would just search these codes up. But one of them is A200, yep. which is a beta shares top 200 Australian ETF. Yep. Nice. Um, and you can use ETFs just to find the ones that pay dividends. Okay. So dividends are like the the cash that is returned to you. Yep. So ETFs call them uh, distributions, but we'll just call them dividends because that's how most people know about them. So dividends are just paid to you because you have 200 companies inside your, in that example ETF that we just gave, A200. Yep. Um, some of them will pay dividends. Maybe say 100 of them will pay dividends and they okay. might pay dividends every six months. Yeah, okay. And so what happens is those go into the ETF and then they come back to you via your brokerage account. And is that like an automatic thing as well? Yes. Cool. Yes. We'll explain how to make sure that you set it up so it's like you put your tax file number against it. Okay. So then it auto-fills in the ATO Nice. as well. So you don't have to worry about that at tax time. But that's one thing. Um, I'll briefly explain the next one, which is a bond ETF. Mm-hmm. I won't get into necessarily all the complexities of it, but you can use an ETF to invest in things that aren't shares. Mm-hmm. So in this case, a bond is just like a, it's actually a legal contract. So it's like a mortgage okay. in that. If you have if you have the mortgage, think about a bank. It yep. earns interest from you. Yep. You can you can just buy things that look like that. So those are called bonds, and the the probably the most popular one in Australia. I think it is the most popular one is the IAF ETF, and that invests in government bonds. Okay. So we don't need to get, we don't need to get into that too much right now, um, but they are important. Yeah. So. Speaking of ETFs that don't invest directly in companies, you can invest in cash ETFs. Mm -hmm. So, for example, a popular one in Australia is the AAA ETF. So that is some way that some investors would build their portfolio where you could use a savings account or a term deposit to get that similar exposure. Yeah, so this is where the ETF provider Mm -hmm. just just finds the best term deposits and goes and puts all the money in it. And you'd be like, well, why do you want to do that through them? Yeah is because if you put all of your money together, you can go to a bank and you can say, give us a better rate. So that's what the ETF provider does for you. Right. So that's the basic premise of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Another one is you can invest in gold. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not like you don't actually get the gold. You don't take the gold home with you. What happens is the ETF provider stores the gold in a vault. Cool. So you buy the ETF just like you normally would an ETF. Um, And instead of you taking home the box of gold that you get from the supermarket, someone goes and stores that in a vault for you. Cool. And then when you say sell, they'll go and put that out and they'll sell it. Okay. Yeah. I'm picturing the Harry Potter Gringotts yes. The vault. Yes, like that vault. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So instead of having lots of different companies, it just has gold inside. So there are ETFs that just have one single thing inside of them. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Um, we won't talk about it if any of those other ones because that's a bit confusing. Um, even thematic ETFs. So that's those trending themes and things like that. Um, Some of them have been around for a long time. They're not necessarily what you're going to put in the middle of your portfolio because they might just be focused on cybersecurity companies and they invest in the world's 30 biggest cybersecurity companies. And while you might have a particular view and you might go, I really love cybersecurity companies. I think it's the future. I want to put money here. Mm -hmm. You probably wouldn't put 100% of your portfolio into yep. these 30 cybersecurity companies because that's not seen as a very diversified portfolio. Right. Mm. Um, and finally, one thing that people don't really know, um, have you ever heard of the company Mervac? No. Metricon? 
Yeah. Okay. So these are big building companies, yeah. right? They're construction companies. Yeah. So they're involved in property, mm -hmm. right? So you can actually use ETFs. And they don't, the ETFs don't invest in physical properties. Like they don't go down the street and buy the house that's on auction. Yeah. But what they do is they invest in companies that manage properties. Okay. Or companies that in themselves own properties. Yeah. Okay. So in a way, you can actually use an ETF to invest in companies that own property or companies okay. that um what we call real estate investment trusts. So they're basically just in, using an ETF and somewhere in that mix, there's property. So okay. this, why would you use this? So yeah. it's a good question. Why don't you just go buy a property? Well, let's say, for example, you want to invest in Australian property. However, you don't have a $100,000 deposit. Okay. So you go and put $5,000 or $10,000 in this ETF. An example would be VAP. Yep. Um, that's a Vanguard ETF. And that just goes and invests in these property companies for you. Okay, that's cool. That's, that's the easiest way to think yeah, about it. So yeah, that's kind of like a workaround if you can't actually buy something, like yeah. buy a property. Yeah, so that's that's another way to do it. And finally, I might just quickly touch on how to use an ETF in a portfolio. Mm -hmm. You bought the IOZ ETF. Yes. Which is a good one. Yeah. We didn't recommend it, nope. <laughs> which is a running joke, but it's a good one because it invests in the top 200 yep. Australian shares. So that's an example of a low-cost diversified ETF by a good provider and we would put that in our core portfolio and that would be an ETF that I would happily buy as my first ETF. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not the one that we recommend but I would happily do that. It's not, yeah. a, like, it's not a mistake, it's just different. And so I would put that in the core of a portfolio and that's kind of the thing that I'd start with. I'd start with an Australian shares ETF like you've just mentioned. Nice. Um, we've covered them in the other podcast series, but um, diversified ETFs, which we'll get to later. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to build a core portfolio. Mm -hmm. We call the core, think of the earth, the picture of the earth yep. and then the moon going around the outside. The core is the thing that's in the center. Yep. This is diversified. It's low cost. It's simple. And then you can invest in all those other things like Kate mentioned, the thematic ETFs, right. cybersecurity. Yep. Think of that like the little moon that goes around the outside. You right. don't have to put all of your chips in that big thing. Yep. Start with the middle, which is what you've done with the yep. IOZ. And then, you know, in a year, you get a bit more confident. You think, you know what? I'm going to try my hand at one of these other thematic ETFs, this thing that does cool. robotics or just try and keep that away from the center. Yeah. Keep building that center out when you're beginning. And that's what we call a core and satellite portfolio. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. That's it. So, Kate, there's one thing that we do need. If you've made it this far through the podcast, thank you. There is one thing that we do want you to do before you go to the next episode. Yes. So, in the next few episodes, we're going to be showing you how to actually research an ETF. So once you've got your idea of, okay, I want to buy an ETF, I want to add something to that core of the portfolio, but I do not know where to start. So we're going to take you through all of that. But I'd really recommend starting to try and figure out some of these things that we've mentioned for yourself. So look at one of these ETF providers' websites like Vanguard or BetaShares and just pick one of the ETFs. Maybe you're going to have a look at the IOZ ETF by iShares or the A200 ETF by BetaShares or the VAS ETF by Vanguard. Have a look at one of these pages and just see if you can identify some of the things we talked about today. Potentially how big the ETF is, what's their funds under management, what does the performance chart look like, when did the ETF start, mm. um, all those sort of things maybe what the index is. We'll, what, what it's actually invested in. Yeah, mm -hmm. see if you can find the word holdings on the page and maybe look at the top 10 and see, do you recognize some of those names? Do you go, oh, I see CBA there, I see BHP yep. there. If you look at some of those three I mentioned, they've all got some very common household names in Australia. 
in them. So I want you to have a look at one of these ETFs, maybe have a look at three or four and see if you can identify the things we talked about in today's episode. And then when we come to researching and walking you through in our future episodes this week, you'll already be one step ahead. Yep. And so you can, if you want to brush up on ETFs, you can uh, check out the show notes, use the, the Google Doc download. Uh, you can also access our Rascore membership. If you are a member, that's fantastic. We'll guide you through everything. Or if you want to, just go to those websites, check it out. We've got an ETF investing course as well on the Rask Education site. So, Monique, well done for getting through episode one. <laughs> I've learned a lot. <laughs> We've got a lot to do. We've still got four episodes to go, but I think it's great work. Yes, we have a lot to cover this week, so make sure you stick around and listen to our five-part series, and hopefully we get you confident to start doing your own ETF investing and research. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at rusk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses. You can also join our online community by following the link in the description. If you enjoyed the show, what we'd love is for you to leave us a snappy review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rask Australia. Kate and I are also on both of those channels. Finally, if you have any feedback, suggestions for episodes or guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcast at rask.com.au. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.